Lamar in the pocket. That's caught in a lot of traffic by Nelson Aguilar to the end zone. Somersault touchdown. He made his NFL debut earlier this season. Looking, throwing, and that's going to be caught for the touchdown by Jamar Chase. Here's Bryce Young. He's got time here, and he throws, and it's intercepted. It's Deron Blanding again. Bland looking for another pick six, and he's got it. It's his fourth of the year. Just adds another layer. Third and eight here. Bryce Young. Pats the ball. Throws. Has a man. What a catch by Adam Thielen. Full extension, and he's got a first down. Highsmith and Watt. Steelers won the game 26-22. Look out! Kenny Pickett gets drilled by Miles Garrett. We can't put pick up first downs and keep our offense out there. Cleveland is allowing less than 13 first downs per game. The third fewest through nine games since 1991. Jalen Warren's got a big game. Warren streaking down the sideline. And they break the seal. Touchdown, Steelers. Well, they always have a plan to stop Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. White was matched up with him again. Fields climbs. Fields throws. Touchdown. One-two punch delivers. It's Fields to Moore for the lead. From the 32. Goff climbs it. Goff launches. Got a man. End zone. Touchdown. Jamison Williams is becoming a big play threat. And he's got the Lions within a score. Whitetail. Here's Reed. And Reed with... Oh, and Reed got a block and a touchdown. Luke Musgrave opened the door, leading to Reed's Lambo leap and a Packer lead. Trying to stay in the hunt to the AFC playoff picture. Herbert over the middle, wide open at the 30-yard line. And Stone smart and smart on the run. All the way in for the touchdown. His first career NFL touchdown. And it gives the Chargers a lead. In motion is Swain. They'll use all four tight ends today. Murray dancing in the pocket. He's looking long. He's looking for Rondell Moore. He's got it. Touchdown, Cardinals! Kyler Murray, nearly 48 yards for the score. And that's the first receiving touchdown of the year for Rondell Moore. Texans trying to get some points at the end of this half. They also will get the football to begin the second half. Stroud on first down. He was looking downfield. He's going downfield toward the end zone. Dell, a leaping grab. He's got it. Touchdown, Texans! C.J. Stroud just directed that play because once he broke the pocket, he pointed to Tank Dell and said, turn it up. Travis Etienne lines up at the top of your screen. Lawrence instead looking left. He fades the initial sacker. Lawrence going to run for it. Lawrence, end zone, touchdown!
Here's Henry, Wildcat, they get it back to Levis. Levis gonna put some air under it. Towards the end zone, it's caught. Hopkins, touchdown. So Tennessee with a little bit of a magic trick. 43-yard strike from Levis. Wilson on the move. Tungo Vailoa. Nice catch. Here goes Hill. Kiss him goodbye. Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. What a throw. And then Hill rockets in for six. One of the things Antonio Pierce told us is he wanted him to be more vocal now that he's the starting quarterback, and that's what he's done. First and ten, going deep. Oh, he's got Adams! That is a touchdown! What a throw! Second and goal. Howell looking, takes off. Howell spins, stays on his feet. Kept out by McKinney. From the Giants, 48. Howell under pressure. And then he will throw. Oh! Isaiah Simmons with the interception. Down the sideline. Simmons into the end zone. Touchdown Giants on their sixth takeaway of this game. He returns it 54 yards. Inside the one. They're going to look to throw it back in the end zone. There's Mike Evans. Touchdown Tampa Bay. His first catch of the day is a touchdown. The scene from the start of Brock Purdy's time as the quarterback that George Kittle's kind of turned into that security blanket for. Lots Ayuk here. He's got him! He beats Dean, and he takes it the distance. He is in. Touchdown San Francisco from 76 yards. Use that as a decoy and then have someone come across the field to it. They go to Hall. He's able to slip through a tackle and find the end zone for a touchdown. That is fantastic. You see how open that area is? You could do that here if you wanted to, and then defenses will have to change because of it. Second and five, and it's caught by Shakir. Shakir with Whitehead trying to cut off the angle. Shakir still going. Touchdown, Buffalo. What a move. Wow. 81 yards. This is next level. Smith looking deep for Smith and Jigbot goes up to get it. What a catch by the rookie. Jordan Fuller on the tackle, but a first down and a gain of 32. Stafford to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Puka Nakua is in! His third touchdown of the season! Marvin Mims leads the league. It's a fake! And the upback's gonna take it! Ty Chandler, a big run! Chandler inside the 40! What a big dice roll by Kevin O'Connell! They do. Vikings bring the heat again. Wilson throwing, it's up for grabs, and it's caught for the touchdown by Sutton! Mahomes backpedaling, Watson! What a throw! What a throw by Mahomes!
Here's a shot for Smith. He's got it! They're going to mark him at the one. G'day, Aussie Gridiron fans. Welcome to week 11 in the NFL for the G'day Gridiron, boys. Another episode of G'day Gridiron coming at you for the recaps of all of the shows and all the big games this week. Well, all, all the games this week. Who am I kidding? Not just the big games. They're all big games. doesn't matter if it was a very low score like Steelers-Browns, if it was an absolute ass whooping like Bill's Jets, or if it was one of these primetime games that gave us so, so much to talk about this week, man, Jot. Yeah, I'm very excited. Really have to say that this week, primetime football is a lot better than every other week this season. Definitely thought, especially the last two games in primetime were actually pretty good. They certainly were. Brad, they were, uh, we actually got some action in primetime this week. Yeah, we did. It, it, like Manjot said, it was just a. I wasn't expecting much other than the Thursday night and Monday night games, um, but all those primetime games uh, delivered. So uh, you had to be a happy chappy if you're a fan of football. Definitely. Let's start with those primetime games and let's go all the way back to Thursday night, which seems like such a long time ago now in the NFL season. We are a very long way through the season, and this week just seemed to drag on because of these big, big games. Let's go all the way back to Thursday night football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, which ended in a little bit of a shootout, but not in the way we thought it would. The the Ravens end up coming home 34-20 to over the Bengals, and not despite uh, a few big key injuries though for the Ravens manjot and especially one very large injury for the Cincinnati mm. Bengals mm. yeah mark andrews out for the for the ravens for the rest of the year and then joe burrow out for the rest of the year for the bengals so two huge injuries there i think that mark andrews one especially big debate about it the hip drop tackle should it be banned i reckon I reckon if rugby is banned, I think I think they've got to ban it here in the NFL as well because it is quite a dangerous technique. I reckon he could have just drove through his legs. That's Logan Wilson. He could have just drove through Mark Andrews' legs and still made the tackle. Maybe concede a yard or two, but not concede an injury. I feel like that's the sort of thing that we've seen in the last few seasons has come into the game is this sort of hip drop action. I think that's really the big talking point coming out of this one. I think if rugby can somehow ban it, I reckon football can ban it too. So 100%, I think it should be banned. But looking at it from a game sort of point, Lamar Jackson, once again, doing his job. He just went out there. He was scoring touchdowns, running things in. He was just passing the ball everywhere. Definitely one of the MVP front runners at this point. Gus Edwards had a couple of touchdowns as well. Whereas the Bengals... Yeah, with Jake Browning, they don't look as good, boys. No, they definitely don't. And, you know, you you can't replace Mark Andrews. So uh, I think that the real guy that's going to benefit on that Ravens team is going to be OBJ, Odell Beckham. Mm. Um, that'll be interesting to see how 
if his numbers pick up and, and if so, how much. Um, and then on the Bengals side, Jake Browning, um, you know, plenty plenty of teams have won with backups, but not significantly. Uh, so I think, you know, if you're a Cincinnati fan, unfortunately, I think you can hear the swan song playing and your season is virtually done, which is too bad. Yeah, I think the season at uh, five and five was pretty much done anyway. Even with Joe Burrow, it was a very mm-hmm. long, a long road back from five and five in their division, especially with the games that they've got coming up and remaining. It was always going to be a very hard slog. So I think that their season probably would have been done anyway, and that has probably accelerated uh, the decision on Burrow and to not push him any further for the remainder season. Not even try and get him back within a few weeks. So. I agree, boys. Jake Browning's not the way forward, but it seems like the Bengals are probably just going to be happy to sit back now and take fourth place in a division and see what comes of it. Uh, The Ravens, on the other hand, definitely Super Bowl calibre right now. They are a team to to really, really watch. Um, Eight and three record, but really, really a big one to watch going forward. Mm. Righto. Let's Jump out to Sunday night football. Keep on looking at prime time. And it was the Minnesota Vikings going to mile high in Denver to play the Broncos. And it was an absolute shootout to the death. Uh, Josh Dobbs played an amazing game again for the Vikings. He had a few, a few uh, little mishaps here and there, but, for the, for the most part, he created uh, something out of nothing on the majority of the plays that were happening. Uh, he also did uh, pass really well. He completed a lot of short yardage stuff really, really well for the Vikings. And, well, got the lead early. And then the Vikings somehow failed to readjust after the halftime break. And the Broncos came out absolutely swinging and Russell Wilson was dealing the ball all over the field and as we said in previous weeks this is a very very different Russell Wilson than we are used to seeing Brad yeah you know it's it's crazy to me just they keep finding a way to win and things are starting to click for them And, and Russ is obviously a part of that four wins in a row uh the last time they did that was 2016 so it's been a long, long time. And as a Bronco fan, I think when they were one in five, you thought, okay, this is it. We're done. But they are in playoff contention. So it's kind of crazy to think about it, um, considering where they've come from. And they still have a long ways to go. But they are at least in the conversation, which you have to be happy uh, if, you know, just four weeks ago, you were looking at uh, that one in five record. Yeah, man, showed, um. Denver uh, seem to be hitting their stride, and in this division they're at five and five right now, but they've still got a lot of division games to play. Should um, do you think the Chiefs should start being a little bit worried about Denver? Uh I, I still think the Chiefs win that division quite comfortably. I still think, despite what's going on, KC as we'll talk about next, I still think Denver's still a bit away from them. I still, I, I think this four-game win streak is 
is great. I think Denver's been going off that, especially Ross. I think Ross is back to his best. The defense is back to his best. It's really they're really inefficient though on offense. I think that is going to be their big downfall. Their offensive efficiency, despite how good they've been, has been pretty bad. Like they're real bad. They're bottom half of the league bad in terms of offensive efficiency. So I don't think with that sort of thing that they can be considered division sort of favorites or front runners. I still think the Chiefs got it by far, even if the Chiefs aren't as efficient offense as usual. Yeah, totally, totally agree, mate. I think that they probably do have it by far, but I still think that they've got to, they've got to worry a little about that, uh, about that Denver team, especially the way that they've played that Denver team in the past as well. Look, I want to, before we move on, just give a, a little bit of love to a guy that doesn't seem to get enough love, possibly because of where he comes from. Daniil Hunter got another sack in this game, takes him to 12 sacks on the season, one behind Miles Garrett. All the talk in Defensive Player of the Year standings is always about Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Max Crosby, uh, etc. But never Daniil Hunter, who has a, 12, like I said, 12 sacks. He's got 36 tackles at the moment, and tackles for loss are through the roof. So I think Daniil Hunter needs a little bit of love, uh, and I am definitely happy to give it to him. And hats off to that uh, the Vikings run game, too. I mean, they actually got something going, and granted, yeah. the Denver – Denver run defense is atrocious, but at least at least my uh, at least Minnesota took advantage of it and was yeah. able to get something going on the ground. Absolutely, Ty Chandler has been an absolute find, and uh, and there's quite a few Minnesota fans that have been waiting for him to get his time. So it's going to be a yeah. great thing. All right, let's move on to the other and last primetime game. Monday night football was a shootout between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, a Super Bowl rematch. But this time, the tale of the tape was different, Manjot. The Eagles running home 27-17 to 17 winners against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles are now flying high at 9-1 and one in the NFC. Yeah, man, I, I got to say it. I mean, I, I know people are going to say I'm salty or I'm I'm delusional. I'm an Eagles hater. But, man, they got real lucky to win this game. I've just got to put it out there. Like, the Chiefs should have won this game. Let me just be honest. They, it was more the Chiefs lost this game than the Eagles won it. The Chiefs receivers are absolutely selling them every single game. It is just so atrocious what is going on. What receivers? I, <laughs> yeah, like what receivers exactly? Like uh, who wh- who's playing receiver over there? They're yeah. absolutely it. D- Twenty six drops across the entire season. That is like the most in the NFL. That is really atrocious. They it's just not good enough. Not good enough for a defending Super Bowl champion, is it? Yeah, no. I mean, like especially if Mahomes a quarterback making all of these godlike plays and he sets you up to win the game essentially Travis Kelsey fumbles in the red zone and then it's like MVS when he gets the ball down then he drops it he drops the game winning touchdown oh goodness i mean i know there was time left but still that was that was going to go a long way to helping KC win the game so I think really the Eagles got really lucky. I thought the Chiefs had their number the whole game, 
But at the end, the Chiefs absolutely blew it. It was more of a Chiefs loss than an Eagles win, in my opinion. And honestly, I'm I'm really unsure where to read both of these teams either. Both of them, I thought, did not play their best. So I, I really think they both teams have a lot to improve, honestly, before we can say that they're completely unbeatable. Yeah, I think for the Chiefs, it's you know, it's drop passes, it's turnovers, and it's penalties. And I think their challenge is they think they can just insert anybody into that receiving core and Mahomes will be able to make up the difference. Yeah. What we're seeing right now, that's not the case. Um, I know they did it when for the one season when they got rid of uh, Hill, but it, you need decent players in there to consistently win. And MVS, I'm sorry, but you know he cost him the game, and he has not been good, uh, in my opinion, this season. And I, you know, on the flip side, go to go over to Philly and Devonte Smith. That dude showed up, um, and and he showed up big time. So hats off to him. But I man, Jad, I agree with you. I think both teams looked beatable. So the rest yeah. of the league has got to be going, okay, these, these guys are at the top of the league, but as Tom Brady will tell you, the, the whole league itself is not playing very well right now. Um, <laughs> so they are beatable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If you guys want to know 70% of my followers, by the way, said that the chiefs have a massive receiver problem, which is incredible. It's just, I think yeah, 100, I think I... I think a hundred percent of NFL fans said that, mate. Yeah, eight percent said no, and twenty-two percent said it was a scheme issue. Just because I added that option in, just to like trick people, I reckon. But yeah, the salary cap is it catching up to the Chiefs? Seventy-six percent of people think the salary cap and Mahomes' contract is actually catching up to the Chiefs. So I think that too is a consideration, especially when you're looking at the Chiefs. Is their dynasty going to continue? Well. You got to look at it. Mahomes might actually be costing them because of his massive contract. Mm-hmm. Good he needs to do a top ready and uh, restructures to a team friendly deal. Certainly does. He's got one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. Mm. Uh, all right, let's stick with NFC and let's stick with the big NFC rivals for the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I am talking about the San Francisco 49ers, Manjot's 49ers. They took yeah. on Tampa Bay this week, and despite uh, Baker Mayfield dealing some excellent passes around the entire field for 45 attempts, he as well has a massive receiver problem in Tampa Bay where no one seems to want to actually receive the ball despite having some quality receivers in guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. On the other side of the ball, though, man, Jot, Brock Purdy put on an absolute QB masterclass going 21 of 25 for 333 yards, three TDs, zero interceptions this week. And a majority of it was to your boy, Brandon Ayuk, with 156 yes, yards and a tutty. Yeah, and don't forget, Purdy, perfect passer rating. That is the first time a 49ers QB has done that since 1989 when Joe Montana did it. Steve Young Joe also did Montana. it. Joe Montana. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually we're actually getting Purdy into the sort of – he's getting into this Montana-Young range. I think Purdy is absolutely – Whoa, whoa, a guy whoa. That, you 
You just didn't say that, did you? Like, well, I he said, did. I said in terms of records and stuff, like he's actually hitting marks that only Montana and Young have for our franchise, which All is right. actually pretty crazy to think about. No, I'm not comparing him to them, but Rock Joe Purdy. If, That's what we're gonna. <laughs> look, yeah, I think I think with Purdy though. Let me be honest. We gotta say he's gotta be one of the guys in the MVP conversation. He still gets too much hate. I still see even after this game, everyone's like, "Oh, he's got all these receivers. Oh, he's you know getting passing it to them and they're like carrying it all the way for the touchdown." Well, firstly, can I tell you this? Some absolute casuals who actually say that. Honestly, there's some absolute casual takes on Purdy. This dude was absolutely dealing dimes everywhere. He's actually going for the longest pass he can possibly do every time. He's not even checking it down half the time. He's even if it's double coverage, triple coverage, he doesn't care. That IU long touchdown, he throws it 30, 40 yards in the air. This guy set up IU with a perfect dime right there. He sets up Kittle back of the end zone with a perfect dime, easy touchdown, wide open. He manages to make all of these plays. I was looking at a graph today, by the way, boys. I know it's getting somewhere nerdy, but he <laughs> Purdy has like the sixth worst O-line, but by far he is the most efficient quarterback in the league right now. I do not understand where all this Purdy hate is coming from. You know what? I, re- I, reckon... I reckon like... I reckon this drop. this year, this might be a year where we don't see a QB MVP. That's where I'm starting reckon, to get the feel. Because people, yeah, I, you're right, people don't uh, aren't really respecting Purdy in that conversation right now. But the guys yeah. that would usually be in that conversation, Jalen Hurts, um, Mahomes, etc., aren't playing well enough to be in that conversation. It, it is, yeah. it's, it's a whole different thing. And I reckon... This might actually be one of those years where we don't see a QB MVP, which would be amazing for the MVP award. I yeah, hope it does. Yeah, I hope it's not a QB. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not meant to be just a QB award. It's, it's you know, it's MVP, most valuable player. So, yeah. and I, you know, a, a lot of guys, a lot of people would say Miles Garrett. Um, you That's know, right. Which There's I, guys on both sides of the ball that are doing amazing and getting talked about and carrying their teams. So yeah. I, I like to yeah. say, I think we're going to drop that man, John, as the last bit. What do you reckon? There's a Wait, bomb. What was that? There's a bomb. Sorry. We reckon that that this that it should be someone other than a QB this season because those QBs. Yeah, I mean, just... I've been saying it. I've been saying like CMC. I, I said that weeks ago, boys. So I I was well ahead of the train of everyone. Oh, do you want there. a surprise? Another Niner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I su- had to. I had I mean, to pick someone different. I, I pushed that CMC agenda and he got a touchdown this week. So he's back, back to his best. Uh, and go. honestly, the defense, by the way, I just got to give my shout out here. Jair Brown, he conceded a big play, a big com- completion on him in, in his first NFL snap after Hufonga went out with his ACL, unfortunately. But he comes back. He has a big pass breakup on fourth down against Mike Evans, of all people. And then he got an interception at the goal line. This is a rookie playing his first meaningful snaps in the NFL, and he's absolutely winning us the game. Honestly, I've got I've got to tip my hat to this guy, man. I mean, he, if Hufong is going out and we have this guy as our replacement, Jair Brown, I reckon he was good. A lot of people saying he was a steal for us, and I, I totally agreed at the time, and now I totally agree again. Only yeah, like, man job can break down a rookie cornerback for the San 
Francisco 49ers. Thank you, Brad. That's what people um, come to that's what people come to this show for, Brad. Is to hear right. man break down rookie quarter cornerbacks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Safety, that's... safeties, boys. Just gotta correct you. Rookie there. safety, oh, sh- whatever. Same thing. Rookie rookie de- rookie defensive back, man. Rookie DBs. Because right, uh? they can they change all the time. Uh all right, let's move on, move on, move on to more NFC North. Detroit Lions took on the Chicago Bears. Everybody in the world thought that the Detroit Lions were going to wipe the floors with the Chicago Bears, except the Chicago Bears, who came out punching in this game. Justin Fields was electric for the best part of this game, rushing for 144 yards and then also throwing for 169 in the TD. DJ Moore went off with a touchdown of his own. That was a magnificent throw from Fields. But unfortunately, they were coming up against Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, who came back from two scores down with three minutes to go to win this game at the death 31-26. to uh, It was a, a basically a, a ridiculous game to watch. Really great to see Fields doing really, really well with the Chicago offense for once. It seemed like they clicked into a different gear against the Lions. The Chicago defense was also playing really, really well in the first part of this game. And it just seemed to be the latter part or the longevity where they just don't have the legs to get there. That's what let them down. And against a Detroit team that we see week after week after week as such a a powerhouse and one's the team that will not give up at all costs at any costs. uh, Yeah. They were never going to, they were never going to get over them. But, you know, in keeping with Manjot's DB rookie yeah. love. Excellent. Um, yeah. You know, congratulations to Tyreek Stevenson for the Bears, uh, rookie DB. He had two takeaways. So, uh, you know, I think there's no doubt, Ian, you said it, but that Bears defense looked rejuvenated and, and revitalized. So congratulations to them. Yeah, it's very rare, by the way, can I just say. We talk about all the time on Aussie NFL Fantasy. Jared Goff plays amazing at home. His home record, he plays a lot better at home than away. We always notice in fantasy numbers. But last week, watching him against the Bears, and he throws free interception at home. And we're like, wait, Early, what? too. Early. Early. And mm, that's what put mm. him up. Like, they were up yeah. They were up 20 to 14 at the end of the third quarter, the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, and the Bears were looking good, but then Goff let them down to win the game. And honestly, I thought the Lions, it shows they can win the tough ones as well. They can really come back. And coming into Thanksgiving with another divisional game coming up, I think this is good signs for them. I think there is a lot going in their favor to win that game as well, especially with a division win right there. I think they know they can win some of these tough ones down the stretch. The Bears, by the way, I got to say, great job by Justin Fields and his comeback. I thought he played real well. I think he should still remain the starter going forward next year and year, and the years beyond. I think they should build around Fields. He still he still has a lot of promise out there, guys. Oh, it definitely does, and this week she really showed that. So, all right, we'll stick with the NFC North and let's wrap that up by going to the Packers and the Chargers. Jordan Love played uh, one of the best games he's probably played all season in this game. 
and it really helped get over the charges, 23 to 20. Um, 27 to 40 for 322 yards for love, for love in this game. And the Chargers seem to be one of those, Manjot, one of the most unlucky franchises, actually Brad, one of the most hmm. unlucky franchises in the league. They cannot yeah. seem to win these close games at all. Yeah, I think I think you're you're 100 right. And the question now, I think, has to has to be asked: Are they going to make a coaching change uh, midway through the season? Historically, they don't do that. But this season is is unraveling so much that I I could see him doing that, especially since uh, you know he the head coach was brought in to be a defensive. Uh, kind of stalwart yet their their defense looks atrocious mm. so it would not surprise me if they make a, a coaching change with Staley and I and I wouldn't even see him be that surprised if if they uh if they bring in my boy the OC and make him uh the head coach so that's uh, just my my hot take I don't think he's gonna last the season yeah I I think Staley's gotta go boys I think Really, he's letting this team down with some of his decision-making. But I don't think it was all on him this game. I thought the receivers absolutely sold yeah. Justin Herbert. I was about to say Fields there. But Justin Herbert, I thought, got absolutely sold by his receivers. Keenan Allen dropping a wide-open touchdown. Mm. Can mm. you believe that? I mean, I was not... He already had good numbers. Keenan Allen's numbers would have been even better if he'd actually stuck that touchdown. Yeah, it was a wide open middle of the end zone. You've got to be catching that, surely. And there was a few others, Quinton Johnson, especially at the end of the game. They were going to be in field goal range if he had actually caught that pass, but he drops it along the sideline. I think there's some questions about him right now as well because they drafted him pretty high. He was their first-round pick, and he has not been impressive at all. It has been Real hard to watch him play this season, especially as a wide receiver myself. Seeing a, a wide receiver, rookie wide receivers, I know there's there's got to be some adjustment into the NFL and everything, but with some recent successes such as Chase and Jefferson and those sort of guys really impacting as rookies, it's really disappointing when you have someone like Quinton Johnston not going as well. He's gone way woeful this season, boys. Yeah, I, I I would agree, and and on the flip side for Green Bay, hats off to, to Dontavian Wicks. Uh, that dude, especially over the last several weeks, has started to see his stock pick up, and and he's and his opportunities pick up, and he's making the most of them. So I know he only caught three passes, uh, but it was ninety-one yards, and he had a great 35 yard catch and run uh that set up the touchdown so uh, it's kind of fun to see him get more involved and and just do some dynamic things with the offense and then on the charger side old man khalil mack showed that he still has something left in the tank so he had a couple sacks lots of pressures so i love seeing the old guys get after it um good stuff from him but unfortunately they just don't have enough pieces around them to make it happen yeah, Jordan Love has also been pretty impressive the last couple of weeks. I mean, he did have two interceptions last week, but this week he cut out the turnovers, had two touchdowns again, 300 yards. I thought he was doing real well, and he was dealing it to every single receiver that he could. 
Let's move on to a team that did make a coaching change mid-season this week. Mm-hmm. Of course, we are talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who took on the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers could not overcome the Cleveland Browns in, I don't know, you couldn't even term it a really a massive defensive game because I don't think either side of the ball for either team played that good. Dorian Thompson-Robinson in for Deshaun Watson in uh, in the Brown side for the rest of the season. DTR played a reasonable game, but zero TD throws for the entire game. The only TD really for the Browns coming to Jerome Ford. And they managed to beat the Steelers, who then, as I mentioned, fired Matt Canada just today. <laughs> Offensive coordinator yes, Matt sir. Canada, who has possibly been one of the most hated men in the league. Uh, and it's the first time that the Steelers have made a mid-season coaching change since 1941. Coincidentally, yeah. that was their own coach firing himself to replace himself uh, back then. Yeah. Which Bert Bell, yep. yeah, he was the owner too of the team. Yeah. So that's he why was he the owner and coach, so he fired himself so he could appoint a coach, um, <laughs> which is an amazing thing that that is the last time they did that and they fired a coach mid-season and it's not even really a coach firing. But uh, the Steelers move on now. Manjot, do you think um, do you think their season's going to improve? I mean, they are at six and four, which is still pretty good in that division. Oh man, throw a parade in Pittsburgh right now. Canada's <laughs> gone. Thank God, Canada. He should probably move to Canada itself as well. I don't I mean, know. If the, I don't know have... if the CFL would have him, mate. Oh no, I think yeah, they just got to be. He's got to go some overseas league. He should go to. Europe at this point. He is I don't know how they kept him this long, but thank goodness that Mike Tomlin came to his senses. I think he knew he was losing the locker room with what Najee Harris said post-game. It's really telling as well that the Steelers and their offense, they did not believe in the coaches. But finally they got something out. They got the guy who's causing the most problems. But still, I'm not entirely sure this is gonna prove Kenny Pickett himself. I think this might improve their play calling. We'd have to see what happens with Pickett because he hasn't been that impressive across his career so far. So, honestly, I think with Pittsburgh, yeah, they they really just should have won this game. If they had a better offense, I thought they, they would have done way better. But, yeah, that's the thing. Jalen Warren was literally the only player for them that game, him and the defense. That was it. And the Browns, similar story for them. I I root for atrocious offense and good defense for both teams. Yeah, I think, you know, the Browns, they're going to be in the playoffs, I think, uh, just purely because of that defense. And they'll probably get rolled, but that defense is exceptional. And and it's too bad uh, just from a playing standpoint, not a personal standpoint, but it's too bad they don't have Watson back there because it – and Chubb, because I think it would be fun to see both if they had both those guys, they could do something dynamic. The Steelers, I'm sorry, but I I just want to see can a team with a, a still an, a negative point differential. I want to see how how big that point differential can become, and yet still I bet you they'll make the playoffs. 
I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that you know they can get negative fifty points because right now they're at negative twenty nine. So we we just need to pick up the pace, but still manage to get some wins. It's just it's ridiculous. Well, wasn't it the Vikings lost to you who had the worst point differential and got into the playoffs or something? I, I thought I it was think, the Vikings. I think it's only happened one other time, and I thought it historically. I thought it was Pittsburgh as well. Hmm. Yeah, because I do remember last year the Vikings had like a negative point differential and made it in. So it's not okay. too unprecedented, pre- unprecedented, but. Yeah, I think the Steelers, they're, they're going to improve a bit, Brad. I, I'm hoping the outgained in yard streak hopefully doesn't continue longer than it needs to. They only got outgained by 10 yards in this game. So that shows that they got a bit of improvement this week. But yeah, with the Browns, by the way, just got to say, shout out to their coaching staff. I mean, you're down a quarterback, you're running back, your best offensive lineman, Joe Botonio as well. And you're still making it work somehow. And you're still seven and three. I mean, this team is really incredible at the moment. Let's move on to Miami, where the Dolphins welcomed in the Las Vegas Raiders and ended up coming home. Well, not even coming home, getting a win at home, 20 to 13 over the Raiders. Pushing them to seven and three in the AFC East hour. The Miami Dolphins firmly on top with games in hand in that division. But again, they've beaten a team that doesn't seem to be very good on both sides of the ball, Banjot. Yeah. I mean, look, the Dolphins, I, I do not know how they let the Raiders stay in this game the whole time. It was mm-hmm. really something that I, I was just in shock that the Raiders were in this game until the end. I mean, the Dolphins, really, with how they've been playing this year, they should have actually blown them out quite a bit in this one. But it felt like they came home with a whimper in this in this game. They really, they really couldn't put their foot on the pedal for most of it. And I think, yeah, there was a few turnovers here and there. They lost a couple fumbles, two or through an interception as well. So I think... Really, the Dolphins, it was against a team that was 5-5. Five and five. So I'm not sure if you can count as them struggling against a winning record team, but still struggling against like a mid-tier team kind of shows that the Dolphins have got a lot to work on before they can really be considered Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I think, you know, Miami, they didn't even score a touchdown in the second half. They had three turnovers, a missed field goal, a turnover on downs. So uh, their offense, you know, they got over 400 yards, but uh, they were held to just 20 points. So they're sputtering a little bit and they got to their defense is, is playing good ball, though. And that's why you're seeing them win. And I on the other side, I'm. Curious to see how the Raiders are going to respond now that they, you know, kind of probably coming off the high of the coaching change. Um, and let's see if they still rally around Antonio Pierce. From all reports, he's a real players coach. Um, so my hunch is they'll be they'll be fine. And frankly, if if you're a Raiders fan, you don't want them to win. You you want your the draft picks because you know you suck. So, and that's the case with a lot of teams, uh, but um, hats off to them for, for staying competitive. A little bit of worrying signs from the Dolphins too. Devon A-Chain came back in this game and then exited almost immediately after 
re-injuring uh, himself. The, apparently, they did taking him off just precautionary. Tyreek Hill went out for a bunch of series as well with a hurt hand, did come back and still featured pretty heavily, but he is definitely carrying an injured hand. Uh, was joking after the game about the fact that the only thing he's angry about is that he won't be able to play Fortnite this week. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, one that's, of us, isn't he? That's Ty- Tyreek's. That's Tyreek's only worry. All right, let's move on to New York. And this week, a New York team gets a win. The New York Giants took well uh, took on the Washington Commanders in Washington. And ended up dominating the Commanders from the outset. A very, very different Giants team we saw today, or this week on the pitch, with Tommy DeVito under center, who played a pretty damn good game for a guy who everyone is getting on just because he lives with his parents, as Manjot would know very well. Doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Uh, Tommy went 18 to 26, 246 yards. Three TDs as a 137.7 passer rating coming out of this game. Tommy DeVito, who would have thought? Uh, Saquon Barkley featured pretty heavily with 83 yards on the ground. Darius Slayton uh, featured really well through the air, 82 yards and a TD. Uh, of course, Saquon as well, 57 yards receiving and two TDs. So Saquon Barkley was having uh, one hell of a game, as were all of the New York Giants. Brad, I bet we didn't think this season we'd be seeing the New York Giants get a win. <laughs> it's crazy when you when you think about it. Um, you know, especially De- Devito. I- I'm sorry, but the the dude has just looked awful. So hats off to them, and and you know, t- it's probably taken a little bit of pressure off of Dayball. But if I'm a Giants fan, again, I'm pissed because now you're out of the top two picks the draft so you want i hate saying this but you want your team to lose so you can get a, a draft pick so you can you know just get some better players in there well, they, have, um, they have to replace daniel jones really yeah essentially yeah. if they're going to take the next step they have to um barkley you know he did finish up okay yardage wise but the dude had zero yards until the final play of the third quarter so, uh, you know, the fourth quarter, he definitely stepped it up. But it, the, that run game for the Giants was looking woeful until until that fourth quarter. And then for the Commanders, I think this is it for Ron Rivera. They're, they're coaching they're, the front office has said they're not going to make any changes till after the season. But they're one and four at home. And they've lost to the Giants twice and to the Bears. So uh, I think we all know Ron Rivera is going to get axed. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, totally agree. Honestly, I thought what was even more impressive is Tommy DeVito did this while getting sacked nine times. Yeah. Yeah. The offensive line I, was I so forget to mention. I forgot to mention that. Five sacks in the first quarter alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I started the commander's defense in one of my fantasy leagues, and despite the points they conceded, still got me nine points because of all those sacks. Honestly, I feel like it has to be, you know, yeah, it has to be very impressive. You've got to be really impressed with how he is. I mean, 
he just stood up there, and I know he hasn't played well against some other teams, but against the commanders who everyone expected to beat them and quite handily, I reckon Tommy DeVito's got to get a lot of credit there. Yeah, absolutely he does. He does, deserves way more credit than people are giving him. Um, so let's, uh, let's hope that he can do do a little bit of something next week too. At least a good showing, even if they do need to lose, as Brad says. It would be nice to see if Tommy can uh, work himself into a permanent backup job somewhere. All right, let's move on to Brad's team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys who went into Carolina, who <laughs> were 1-8 and eight coming into this. So I think we all knew that it was going to be an absolute bloodbath, but 33-10 to 10 is sure a massive shock. I thought the Panthers could at least do something and move the ball, but Bryce Young looked anemic once again. 16-29, 123 yards. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, how bad that Panthers team is looking. Brad, why did the Cowboys have to beat them up so bad? <laughs> well, actually, it, it wasn't, it didn't get quite out of hand until well, the, did, you are right, it didn't get that as far out of hand as it could have. Yeah, and because there was at one point it was uh 17 to 10, so you know, it was only it was, it was a one score game, then the Cowboys turned it on. And and they just kind of put their foot down and and Dak they pulled Dak Prescott in the fourth quarter, um, and it was you know it was all over by the fourth quarter. Hats off to Deron Bland, man. If you are the Cowboys, you are ecstatic because going into this season, you're thinking, okay, we've got uh, Diggs at one corner, and then we've got uh, we trade for Gilmore at the other corner. Nobody's even talking about Deron Bland. And then when, when he had a great rookie season last week and then this year, or sorry, last year, and then this year, he's just stepped it up. Of course, he's tied the league record for pick sixes with four interceptions and touchdowns. So uh, just hats off to him. I still worry about that Cowboys defensive line, though. They, I don't know, they, they spent a first-round pick on Mozzie Smith and defensive tackles are hard to develop. They t- generally they take a little while to develop. But I'm I'm worried about that run defense, especially come the playoff time and against the Niners. You know, uh, Niners are just going to run all over them again. Um, so, but it, it is what it is. Right now, I'm just grateful that they're seven and three. And I'm grateful that the Niners are heading into a tough part of their schedule. Um, and we'll see. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? I'm I'm stoked for the Cowboys. They're doing everything they need to do. Um, the Panthers, I don't think it's Bryce Young's fault. Well, solely his fault. This, I think the personnel around him is so, so bad. I just start worrying about the long-term effects of this. Hopefully he's mentally resilient. And this isn't going to set him back, but it's just, it's got to be so demoralizing right now for him just getting beat up so many times. Um, and I think he's just trying to do too much when there's not enough around him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the Jags and the Titans. Traditionally, a massive game in the AFC South. 
But this season, they're at two opposite ends of the table, two opposite ends of the spectrum. The shine seems to come off, has come off Will Levis. Only 17 attempts in this game for the Titans. A very, very poor day on both the ground and through the air for the Titans. But for the Jags, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley had an absolute field day, man, Jot. Yeah, to my chagrin because it allowed Taylor to beat us in the Astro League. Thank you, Trevor Lawrence, for absolutely selling me there, bro. But, yeah, Trevor's come back to life after I kind of jokingly doubted him last week just to, just again, on the Matty skin. But he did he did come back to life this week. He got 260 yards, two touchdowns. Great job by him. Got a couple rushing touchdowns as well. He's pretty much just carrying the entire Jags on his back there. And for the Jags, I think what's really telling, they had more nearly double the possession, I would say, of the of the of the Titans, really. 69 plays to 38. And in time of possession, that equated to 36 minutes to 23 minutes. So that's where the Titans really struggled. They did not have enough of the ball to win this one. The Jags, they just held on to the ball as long as they could. Just didn't allow the, the Titans to do anything, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, move on from there, I guess, to the Texans and the Cardinals. A couple of weeks ago, I think we all would have seen this game as an absolute dud. But the Arizona Cardinals uh, have Kyler Murray back under center and he kept them in this game um, and really gave the Texans a bit of a scare. CJ Stroud threw three interceptions, but still managed to survive also through 336 yards and two TDs and Tank Dell had Another massive, massive game for the Texans, combining with Stroud for all those all those yards, and I just I the Texans just keep rolling and rolling on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I think that's just that's just it. They just they keep winning these close games. At the start of the season, they were they were losing the close ones. But they've been lately, they've been really turning it on. Um, they've now won three straight over the Bucks, the Bengals, and now the Cardinals. So all they're doing is winning. And they're six and four. They're in the seventh spot or sixth spot, I think, for the uh playoffs. So right now they're in the playoff spot. Still got a long ways to go, but it's it's great. It, it, it's it's one of the most feel-good stories, I think, of the NFL is C.J. Stroud and the Texans and, and what they're doing and how everybody is just getting excited by them. And if I'm the Cardinals, I'm I'm this is exactly what I want. OK, you've got you've got Murray going out there looking like an all world player, looking like the Kyler Murray of old and you still get the loss. You want that number one pick and you want to trade Kyler Murray for a boatload of picks. Think of, you know, what um, Russell Wilson, what they got for him. Uh, think of, think of, you know, if, 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 if uh, Atlanta had Kyler Murray, imagine that, you know, it's just so there's plenty of teams I think that would go out and trade a lot for Kyler Murray. So if I'm the Cardinals, you're great. You've you've shown that he can do it. Now now trade him off and and get rid of it. Start over. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people, despite the free interceptions for CJ Stroud, would say he had a good game. I mean, I know my followers did. 87% of people died. Paul said that CJ Stroud still had a great game despite having free interceptions. This kid, he just finds a way to get the job done despite all mm. of his all of his turnovers. I mean, they've been coming through the last couple of weeks, which is a sign that not only that he might be playing a bit more say unsafe but he's willing to take the risk that i needed to win so i don't necessarily think that his turnovers are that bad of a sign i actually think and he said it himself that he just wants to take some risks out there and i think especially against a team like the cardinals who are not that great sometimes you just want to take those risks and just try out new things so I wouldn't put those three interceptions too harshly on CJ there. I think he's still a great player out there. And honestly, only the sky's the limit for this kid and for the Texans. And really, I think if they make the playoffs, he's got to get MVP still. I still believe in that take, to be honest, because what he's done with this team, he's just got everything. Mm. You know, a QB that didn't have a good week, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, <laughs> yes. Zach Wilson sunk the Jets to a 32-6 loss to the Buffalo Bills this week. He threw 7-15 of 15 for 81 yards. The Jets came out after this game and announced, Robert Sala did, that Zach Wilson will be permanently replaced for the remainder of the season, or at least until Aaron Rodgers is back, for Tim Boyle, who was their QV3 who came in in this game to finish it out. Josh Allen and the Bills, though, had a field day against the hapless Jets, who couldn't get anything going on offense, and a defense, Robert Saleh's defense, that just didn't seem to fire at all. Yeah, I think, you know, the, Zach Wilson, he, uh, forgive me if you said this, but he didn't even complete a pass to a wide receiver. That's how bad it was. Not even one pass to a wide receiver. That is woeful. So, yeah, it's something had to be done. The defense finally, like you said, Ian, they, they've been carrying the, the team uh, and they just didn't have it. Made Josh Allen look like all world. And, you know, if, if you're the Bills, this is exactly what you needed. Uh, you get rid of your OC, you get a shot in the arm. And, you know, hopefully they can turn it around. I still don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but, um, you know, at least they got the win and they get some momentum behind them. Yeah, Bills, I got to say, by the way, Josh Allen against a top five defense, put up a great show there. I think a mm. lot of people have to admit that he did real well. I think there's a lot of people that still hate on Josh Allen some way or another for this performance, but I thought he did quite well against the Jets there. But yeah, Zach Wilson, 100%, he has to be benched. I I'm sorry. I know, I know, Ian, I know we've argued about Zach Wilson about two or three times this season, but yeah, he's really not it. And it finally took the Jets this long to realize it. And honestly, I mean, I did... I did poll my followers just to check, and 80% of them said that, yes, it was time to move on. A lot of people knew it was the time to move on, I reckon. I think it's just – it was just done. I I mean, the guy, he, he just he just doesn't have it anymore, unfortunately, as an NFL quarterback. He might have to change scenery and get released this offseason. 
because man, he has not got got a cut after the Jets. I don't think he has. I think he's lost the locker room as well. There's a lot wrong there with Zach Wilson. I think it was time to just move on. Yeah, I mean, just go hang out with his mom's best friend and move to Canada. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our last game for the week: the Rams and the Seahawks. This game came right down to the wire. What a very, very exciting finish. Uh, the Rams had Matthew Stafford back, and he was dealing to all of his usual guys once again. Puka Nakua had a, a great game once once again. He was, uh, he'd be right up there in the Rookie of the Year standings if it wasn't for CJ Stroud, of course. Um the Seahawks and Geno Smith try as they might to get something done. Just couldn't get there. Geno Smith, of course, went out for quite a big portion of this game uh, hurt and then came back in right at the death to try and win the game. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be, Manjot. Yeah, Geno's injury really hurt them. And the Seahawks blew this one. They were up quite big in this one. And then... Just blew it at the end. The Rams managed to find a way to come back. And then the Seahawks had a chance to win it with a field goal at the end. And then Jason Myers just hooks it to the right, misses it. And it was unbelievable. I thought the Rams were no shot of winning midway through the third quarter. But just everything turned their way. And really, Matthew Stafford coming back in, he just really shows that he's still got some juice left in him. He's still able to go... They're a bit sad seeing Cooper Cup get injured. Once again, he did get carted off. And I know he's they're saying day-to-day for him, so pretty good signs, but still it's pretty sad seeing him go off as well with injuries. So a few injuries to watch out for for both teams. You know, I'm a huge Pete Carroll fan. I, I love Pete Carroll. I met him. I think he's a great guy. But I'm sorry, when your team commits 12 penalties – for 130 yards, I I get wanting to play play fast and loose and all that, but that's ridiculous. 12 penalties that cost your team the game. Hmm. So that you got to change that up and that needs to be a point of emphasis going forward. Uh, DK Metcalf, he balled out, you know, so congrats to him on showing up. It seems like he's been quiet for a little while. And, you know, believe it or not, the Rams have a chance to make the playoffs. I, I, I don't think they will, but but at least they're keeping themselves alive and, they, and they're in, in that conversation. I don't, you know, it, it'd still be a long shot, but considering what they had going into the season, nobody thought at this point in the season that they would still be in the running for a playoff position. Mm, absolutely. All right, that's week 11 recap done and in the bank, boys. That was um, some great football out of week 11. We, of course, move on to week 12, and it is going to be a huge week full of divisional matchups and, of course, Thanksgiving Day in America. Three games on this Friday in Australia, 4.30, 8.30, and 12.20 during the day. Oh, yeah. We got the Packers and the Lions up first, Commanders and Cowboys, and then the 49ers and the Seahawks bring us home Friday afternoon. Three huge games. We, of course, get one on a Saturday this week as well. Dolphins and the Jets for another division matchup. 
It's a big division week this week. Uh, and we will finish it out, everything out, with the Ravens and the Chargers on Sunday night football and the Bears and the Vikings on Monday night football in Minneapolis. Mm. So huge games coming up all week across the whole slate. So it's going to be a fun, fun week 12. It is. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, boys. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to Brad. I know you're American, man. So happy Thank Thanksgiving. Thank yeah. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Looking forward especially to that final Thanksgiving game. 49ers against the Seahawks. Back in 2014, the Seahawks beat us on Thanksgiving at our home stadium and they were eating turkey on the field. I hope where we get our revenge, we start eating turkey on their field because that was one of the most painful days of my life from memory. So hopefully we can absolutely demolish the Seahawks and just eat turkey on their field. Well, nowadays it's not turkey, it's turducken. So, turducken. you know, you, oh, yeah. you got to have the oh, turkey, yeah. the duck, and the chicken. So, yeah. Uh, Turducken, but uh, I, your sen- your sentiment is appreciated. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do love uh, the tribute to John Madden as well. They're yeah. gonna have his face on the coin, and yep. he's gonna have some tributes by the broadcast and everything. He made Thanksgiving a football day. It was really him that started all of this, and yep. really shout out to John Madden, one of the greatest greatest people in this game's history. <laughs> Absolutely. My favorite holiday because Americans, it's the one holiday that they haven't figured out how to commercialize it. So um, (laughs) I love it. What do you mean? They pardon turkeys, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they don't make millions of them. Well, they try. They still try. That's why the NFL plays. That's right. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to week 12. It is going to be another big big week and it's also some... good news for us Aussie fans by the way you don't have to have game pass this week you can have just ESPN <laughs> and 7 mate for most of it yeah and we showing all the games so no game pass issues this week boys <laughs> no well I'll still be watching it anyway down with the down with the zone down with yeah, the zone, with zone. Brad's, Brad's gonna <laughs> Brad's gonna him. get out there and pick it uh no. Yeah, I do too. At the moment, actually, I hate the uh, the lack of download. I w- mm. I really want my downloads back. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's for another day. All right, let's uh, get out of here. Be sure to check us out on the socials at Grenade Gridiron on Insta and Facebook. Manjot at Pasty Press NFL. Uh, you can check out all the other boys in the Aussie Gridiron Network uh, as well at the the Fantasy Boys, the Aussie NFL Fantasy Boys. Aussie Gridiron Network, etc. You'll find us all around the place. And until the other side of a massive week 12, see you later. Thank you, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye, everybody. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty.